Hey, disconnected offline. This is part three and the finale, okay, to this story. All right. We got six reads so far, two favorites and no comments, but we might change that today. All right. Let's hop right into disconnected because, yo, unruly, man, you've been doing your thing about this, bro. And yeah, we just come on. We got this. We got this. The smell of stale, cheap coffee and grease filled the air in this dingy corner street cafe. Grace sat at a small table in the corner. The table was sticky and the seats uncomfortable. The middle-aged waitress with a face that looked like it would crack if she tried to smile walked over. Grace ordered two coffees and was doubtful whether she or Nate would drink them. The clock struck 11 p.m. Where was Nate? Something happened that afternoon and she needed to know. The drunk guy at the other end of the cafe gave a snort. His head was on the table with saliva dripping out of his mouth. Grace looked away and Nate walked in. He sat down opposite Grace as the waitress brought the two coffees over and paid. Why did you want to meet here? Grace said. It's low key. No one but drunks and smackheads come here, Nate said. He took a sip of the coffee and immediately spit it back into the cup. Best not drink that, he said. Can you please tell me what happened this afternoon? Grace said. I went into Tommy's room and picked up the I picked up the controller and nothing happened until I got angry and shouted. Then something odd happened. What was it? I, I can't explain it. Do you know those trick pens and flashlights that give you a shock when you turn them on? It was like that feeling going up my arms. What else? Nothing. I dropped the controller and that's when you shouted but it was like I, I was being watched as if it was looking at me the controller was looking at you that's how it felt grace's phone started to ring from an unknown number one second she said and answered hello nate watched as the voice on the other side spoke to grace and with every second her face twisted in sadness and tears fell down her cheeks until she ended the call Grace? Nate asked with deep concern. My parents. They're dead. Grace said through tears. Nate got up and wrapped her in a hug. And they left the cafe to go to the house in Nate's car. The street was bathed in flashes of blue light as police cars and ambulances took up the entire road. Neighbors were out in their gardens looking at the tragic event. Grace sat on the garden wall of her house with a blanket wrapped around her as a paramedic talked to her. Nate was in the garden with a police officer getting informed of what had happened. Grace's mother was discovered in Tommy's room with her head bashed in so violently that it had broken through to her brain and dislodged an eye. Her dad had been found with his neck snapped at the bottom of the stairs, with teeth missing and the inside of his throat shredded. It had been a massacre. Do you know who did this? Nate asked. Not really, the officer said, but we do have the murder weapon. A forensic officer walked by carrying the controller in a bag. It was covered in blood. Nate stared at it as it was carried next to him and he got shivers all down his spine. For a brief moment, he could feel the electricity and the feeling that it was looking back at him. Are you all right, sir? The police officer said. Yeah, just an upsetting night, Nate said. Hours went by and many interviews with the police later they eventually let Grace and Nate leave as they secured the house. Nosy people came up to them asking what had happened, but 
Nate shooed them away. They got into Nate's car and just sat there. How are you holding up? Nate asked. I don't know what to feel, but I've lost everyone. Tommy, Mum, and Dad. I'm on my own, Grace said. Tears were still fresh in her eyes. You got me, Nate said, putting a supportive hand on her shoulder. Who would do, like who would do this, man? What did they tell you? Someone broke in and beat them up and smashed their heads open. Did they tell you about the murder weapon? Nah. No. Did they tell you? I'm sorry, y'all. No. Did they tell you? Nate took a deep breath. He said the controller was the weapon. Silence hung in the car as Grace and Nate shared a thought. They knew the controller did this. No intruder needed. Do we need to find out more about it? Grace said. We need to start where Tommy got the controller from, Nate said. Definitely. Can we talk about this tomorrow, please? Sure. Are you allowed back into the house? It's a crime scene, so no. Can you drop me out of a hotel or something? Don't be ridiculous. You can sleep at mine. I'll take the couch. You have the bed. I promise the sheets are fresh. <laughs> Grace gives a little laugh. <laughs> Thank you. The drive to Nate's place was silent. When they got inside, Nate showed her his bedroom and grabbed an extra pillow and blanket from his wardrobe. Thanks again, Nate. I owe you. You can repay me when we kill that controller. <laughs> she smiled again and closed the door. Nate made the couch up and closed his eyes. Nightmares about a controller chasing him as he ran plagued his mind that night. The next morning, Nate was up first and made two cups of coffee. Grace entered wearing some of his old clothes that he had left out for her. Purple Twitch hoodie and old black sweatpants. <laughs> Looking good, Nate said. How old are these? Grace said. Few years. What's wrong? You don't like Twitch? <laughs> you and Tommy are such losers, Grace said and immediately knew her mistake were. She took the coffee and sat at his dining table, and Nate sat next to her. Did you sleep okay? Nate asked. Not really, Grace said. They both take a few sips of their coffee. Sorry if I'm out of it, but I just want to find where the controller came from and, and stop it, Grace said. That's fine. Do you remember where he got it? Nate said. No. He went out one day and came back with it. Were you with him? When was it? About six months ago, Nate sat for a minute trying to think. I think I was. But he didn't get a controller. We got a few games, but no controller. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. We passed the console section, but he never... Never what? He did stop and look for a second at the display. But he didn't buy it. But when I was heading home... He did tell me to go, and he would see me later, and he went back towards the shop. Grace leaned forward closer to Nate. Which shop? Nate parked in the small parking lot next to the main street of the city center. Nate and Grace walked towards the secondhand electronic shop. When they walked in, the shelves were full of DVDs and Blu-rays. Games for every single console available in a section behind glass that showed off phones, tablets, gaming consoles, and accessories. Working the counter was a man in his 30s who Look like your typical gamer who thinks they are still a teenager. How can I help you? 
the worker said. Uh, I came in here about six months ago with my friend, and I think he came back in and bought a controller for an Xbox. Uh, do you have the date? The worker asked. Uh, one second. Nick grabbed his phone and started going through his bank transactions on the bank's app. Really? Don't believe in carrying a receipt? Grace said. It's easier this way. Nick continued scrolling until he found a transaction from the shop and looked at the date. Uh, January 7th. Please, this is important, Nate said. One second, the man said, and started typing away at his computer. After a while, he turns the computer screen around and shows the two. It's CCTV from the day Nate and Tommy were in the store. On screen, Nate and Tommy head towards the exit. Tommy stops to look at a shelf before leaving. This is it, Nate said. As they watch the empty shop on screen, it's not long before they see what they wanted. Tommy enters the shop and immediately goes to the counter to ask the worker about something on the shelf. The worker goes and gets it for him and it is clear as day in the worker's hand as he returns. The controller. That's it, Nate yelled. Can you tell us about that controller, Grace said. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed, the man said. Please, Grace begged. My brother died and I just want to know about the controller to find one just like it. Nate was impressed. She lied so well that he would have assumed she was an actress or a criminal based on how natural she was. Fine, just don't tell anyone, the man said. You're the best, Grace said. He typed away on the computer, bringing up records and sales and other pages Nate had no idea about until he finally came across what he was looking for. That is very strange, the man said. What? Great and Nate said in unison. The controller has been in the shop a few times before. It's had five owners, including your brother, in the past two years. Is this normal? Grace asked. No. Normally, if something is returned more than twice, we scrap it as it is classed as unwanted, the man said. Could we have the list of previous owners? Nate asked. I don't think that would be... It would be very helpful, Grace said. If there was a human equivalent of puppy dog eyes, she could do them. Hell, Nate wanted to grab the computer and run when he looked at her. Well, I'm sure what it hurt, the man said. Five minutes later, Grace and Nate walked out of the shop with a list of names the man printed. You are something else but incredibly smart, Nate said. Shut up, Grace said, hiding a smile. Now what are we going to do with these? They aren't addressed. We go to the library. We use the computers to look these people up. <laughs> now who's the smart one? <laughs> they walked through the automatic doors into the library entrance. The silence was deafening. The smell of old and new books hung in the air. I'm going to look these names up. I want you to go and find books about anything paranormal that could give us clues, Nate said. Why can't I search the internet and you go book diving, Grace said with her arms folded. Because I spend my time on the computer all the time. Tommy, Tommy and I didn't just play video games together. Now you're a hacker? No, I'm no David Lightman, but I like the challenge of finding out how websites work, so... Sounds illegal all the same. They both share a laugh, letting all the emotions from the past day come out. They stop just before it reaches tears, and silently they go off in separate directions. Nate sat down at a computer and... With each name, opened a different tab and began a deep dive into the list of names. It took some time, but after different articles and Facebook profiles, he finally tracked each name down to a death and 
not a pleasant one. Jake Williams had been found with his ribs broken and his ribs and heart punctured by multiple strikes to the chest. The controller was lying on his bed. Liam Carson was found with half of his body smashed through his bedroom window and his head beaten in. The controller was lying on the bed. Samantha Gray was found on her bed. Her face had been beaten so badly that they had to use dental records to identify her. The controller was lying on her bed. The first owner, Craig Smithson, was found hanging with the controller cable wrapped around his neck. The controller was found in his hands. Nate had to read that again. It was out of the pattern. He read the article fully and it didn't talk about any foul play like the previous victims. He searched for more information about Craigan. After a few false articles, he found an interesting one from a website that asked his age. Weird. The article said Craig hanged himself after being trolled in a gang constantly, so he committed suicide. The worst bit was that he did it on live stream where people were egging him on and telling him to do it. The article contained a video and against his better judgment, Nick clicked on the video. Craig must have only been 15. He was screaming into his headset, telling them to leave him alone. Tears fell down his cheeks as the chat told him to kill himself. It's revolting. Craig, Craig screamed that he would. He got up and pulled his chair to the middle of his bedroom and disconnected the controller cable and tied it around his neck and stood on the chair and tied it to his light. He screamed that he hoped the trolls would die and suffer like he had. With the controller in hand, he jumped off the chair. Nate closed the tab and turned away from the computer. He felt sick as the image of Craig's snapped neck lingered in his mind. He slowly turned back and faced the blank computer, trying to forget how cruel people can be online. It made him so angry, just the feeling he got when the controller zapped him. Wait. He opened the other tabs with news articles about the other victims and read through them again. Apart from the controller laying on the bed, they also had one thing in common. The victim had been gaming and shouting in their rooms before being found dead. It was anger. If you got angry while holding the controller, it somehow came to life and killed you. But how? Are you okay? Grace said. Nate jumped out of his skin as he turned around. She was behind him with a thick book under her arm. You look like you've just seen a ghost. Yeah, sorry. I just found out about the victims and all but one died in a violent matter involving the controller. Nate said. What about the other one? He was the original owner. He killed himself after getting bullied by some trolls online. What happened? He handed himself while screaming that he hoped the trolls would die. He, he held on to the controller the whole time. That makes so much sense, Grace said with enthusiasm. She placed the book in front of Nate and began reading from a passage in the book. It is believed that if a person dies while feeling extreme emotions, then that feeling will transfer to the closest object to the person upon death. If his death and emotion were both traumatic and negative, then an evil entity close to the poltergeist will be created and set up around that object. It made perfect sense. Nate couldn't speak. So? So, Grace said, this Craig died in a traumatic way while feeling anger, which transferred into the controller he was holding. And every owner who has gotten angry while holding it has activated this evil entity which has killed them, Nate said. They had solved the mystery. The only issue now was the biggest task. How do we get rid of it? 
Nate asked. That's the tricky bit. We need holy water, salt, and fire. I'll just run to exorcisms or us and get the stuff. How the hell are we gonna get holy water? How are we gonna get to the controller, which is in the police station as a murder weapon? Nate said, I've got an idea, Grace said. The police station was quiet as the desk sergeant looked at the time. He'd be off soon and he could savor that pizza he'd wanted all day. The door opened and Grace walked in. Mascara was dripping down her cheeks as she sobbed. Can, can I? Can, can I? Grace took a shaky breath. Can, can I talk to someone, please? Grace said through tears. The officer jumped out of his chair and ran to help her. It's okay, miss. What's happened? He was trying to comfort her. My, my parents, they were murdered the other day. And I need, I, I need to know if, if they know who did it. Grace said before collapsing to the ground. Help! Help! Yelled the officer. Almost every person in the building came out to see what had happened. Once the entrance was crowded, Nate snuck behind them into the station in full police gear. The best costume they could find. He felt his pockets as he walked quietly down the corridor. They had filled a small bottle with holy water from the church without being seen. And the salt and petrol came from the local supermarket, both in the little bottles in his police vest. He didn't know how long Grace's distraction would last, so he had to be quick. He reached a door marked Evidence and tried to get in. But you needed a key card. Fuck! He swore under his breath, trying not to panic. Oi! A loud voice shouted. Nate almost peed his pants. An officer with a stern face was walking towards him. What are you doing? I'm just trying to put some evidence in the room, Nate said. Well, go on, the strict officer said. I can't. Why not? Where's your key card? Nate's heart was beating fast and he thought his chest was going to explode. I don't have one. What? Who's your supervisor? Nate had to be careful. His mind raced and he picked the most common name. Sergeant Smith. You could cut the tension with a knife. He's always been a lazy git. I'll be having words with him. You should have gotten yours yesterday with the other new recruits. The officer got his card out and opened the door for him. Thank you, Nate said. The officer smiled and walked away. Nate shut the door and took the hat off. Sweat was dripping down his face. He was so nervous. He started looking through boxes and looking at the dates on files, trying to find the controller. A sound behind made Nate jump. It came from a shelf with a ton of boxes. He slowly approached and carefully took down a box and looked through it. Nothing. He did the same for the next one. And again, nothing. He reached for the third box when that box shot towards him, slammed into his chest, sending Nate to the floor, gasping for breath. He pushed the box off of him and out rolled the controller, still stained with Grace's parents' blood. As if it knew why he was there, it flew towards him, but Nate managed to grab it with both hands. He slammed it into a shelf while struggling to keep a hold of this cursed controller. He conjured the strength to throw it away and flew it across the room, but soon headed for him again. But Nate had grabbed a metal baseball bat that was on the shelf and hit the controller with all his strength. The controller smashed to the floor, twitching every now and then. Nate grabbed a box and tipped his contents out, slammed it over the controller and sat on top. He got the salt bottle out of his vest and started pouring a circle around the box. Halfway through the circle, the box jolted underneath him. The controller was trying to escape. 
but Nate put his weight down and continued until the circle was completed. The controller was still moving, but it seemed weaker now. Nate got up and out of the circle, and the controller pushed the box over and floated around. The evil could have crossed the salt circle. Nate stared at the controller floating in the circle. Gotcha, you piece of shit, Nate said as he got the holy water out. He splashed the controller with salt, and it slowly slank, sank lower and lower to the floor. This is for Grace's parents! Another splash and it tried to attack him but couldn't. Down it went. Another splash. This is for those innocent people you murdered! The controller was almost on the floor. This is for Craig! Said another splash and the controller switched on the floor. And this? This is for Tommy! Nate poured the rest of the holy water onto the controller which lay still as if dead. He got out the petrol and poured some onto the controller and lit a match he had and threw it onto the soaked object on the floor. The controller went up in flames as a small hiss came from the burning thing. Burn in hell, Nate said before quickly leaving. Three weeks later at the fam familiar cemetery where Grace's parents were being buried, Nate held Grace by the hand. They stopped before they entered the church. Are you okay, Nate said. Yeah, Grace said. Do you think anyone will believe us if I told the truth? I think we would be sectioned if we did. If, if they put us in the same room, I wouldn't mind. She leaned in and kissed him sweetly. So, is your family having another booze-filled party after this one? <laughs> yep, Aunt Jackie is hosting. No controllers this time. They both walk into the church laughing, getting lots of funny looks. The end. Guys, right here hold on hold on hold on finish reading disconnected right here you know what i'm saying you know we gotta vote bro